It is Wednesday, June 1st, 2022. This is another edition of Baseball Today presented to you by our friends over at Shady Rays. Not only will you look these great if you order a pair of Shady Rays when you inevitably break them or lose them like this idiot does several times a year, they will replace them. Today, we have replaced the one and only Trevor Plouffe because he is still on his European vacation with New York's number one sports fan, Joe's McFly, joining us from John Boy Media Headquarters. Where is your Rangers sweater? It's actually right out there, right outside. I have my Rangers sweater and I have my Yankee jersey as well. So I have both of them ready for it. Yeah, but you just told me right before we got on this thing. You're like, it's freezing in here. This is, is the perfect day to wear your Rangers sweater in there. Come on, it dude. Is. It is freezing. It is freezing inside of this studio right now. I didn't anticipate it being this cold because mm-hmm. out there is not like that. It's like different climates in different rooms in this office. So are you locked into the Rangers right now? Uh, super locked in. I mean, I'm Good. locked in Yankees for sure, but in baseball, but I'm definitely they got me into hockey, man. So I'm like crazy. into hockey. Yeah. Hey, listen, they're one step shy of uh, playing for the Stanley Cup. My uh, my nephew, Max, is a huge New York Rangers fan, grew up in the city. So I'm super nice. excited for him and for all you guys that are uh, they're on board the uh, the big blue up there. So I wish them luck. Um, of course, you can't mention the New York sports scene without also mentioning Boston. There was kind of something cool that happened last night during the Red Sox game. For the first time ever, there was a prom that happened during a Red Sox game at Fenway Park. This is Marblehead High School. Now, Joe's, what would have happened had you taken your date to the prom at a baseball venue? Let's say you had it at Yankee Stadium. Would your date have been into it or not? I think they would have kind of had to be into it if I'm taking them because they know me. It's like I'm, you know. But it's I not always just about you, Joe's, when it it's comes to not, the prom. But, they, but I'm just saying we'll have a great time. You have a, you know, probably were they in a suite? I, I no, they're in this video. new area that they've kind of built up over the last few years. Okay, as you okay, can okay. see, it's kind of overlooking the park. It's up top. Yes. You know, this is something that wasn't around 10 or 15 years ago, but. Now they have this. It's a cool opportunity for these kids if they're all Red Sox fans. And we know how passionate they are, whether yeah. you like them or not. But you got music inside and food yeah. and drinks. And then you just walk out and there's the ambiance of like a, a ball game and all of that. Yeah, why not? I mean, I did you go to your prom, your senior prom? I did go to my prom. Um, well, actually, my high school prom I did not go to because I had a. Uh, sold my tux money for sneakers what <laughs> you sold your tux money for sneakers oh my god that was so dumb now that i was remembering it uh yes i did like my i had i had like some sneakers that my friends oh. were my friends my. were making fun of my sneakers how they were looking and they were like yo joe like what's going on here man why are you looking like that and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to get some new sneakers. And I got some new sneakers. And my mom was like, you're not going to the prom then. That's your money for the prom. Figure it out. And I said, oh, wow. So wait, Joe's, did you have like a girlfriend at the time? No. Oh, no. okay, good. So no. it wasn't like it cost you a relationship. It was just like, that would have right. been great <laughs> if you had chosen sneakers <laughs> over your girl. How awesome. <laughs> okay, let's move on. Although that is an excellent, excellent story. Um, Radio interview this morning uh, in our nation's capital. Uh, Mike Rizzo, the GM of the Washington Nationals, Mm -hmm. 
was asked about the future of Juan Soto. We've heard a lot of rumors about where he might be playing his baseball in the upcoming months. Remember, he's not a free agent until after the 2024 season. Right. Here is the Nats architect. We are not trading Juan Soto. We made it clear to his agent and to the player. Uh, and, uh, you know, these are, you know, these are, all, uh, you know, I understand we, uh, you know, these, these uh, journalists have to, uh, you know, they've got to fill a, a blank sheet of paper every day. It's a, <laughs> it's a good, uh, it's a good thing to, uh, to get some, uh, to get some attention on, on a story, but, uh, uh, we have every intention of building this, uh, this team around Juan Soto and, uh, and we've we've spoken to his agent many many times. Recently, sat with him when he was in Washington D.C. Made it clear to him that uh, that we are we are not interested in trading him, and uh, uh, I guess the rest of the world just doesn't believe it. Do you believe him, Joe's? Uh, I do. Well, I, they kind of went through the same thing with Bryce Harper, where they were trying to see if they could keep him and whatnot, and they've already extended that olive branch to him to show him, hey, we're trying to build around you, and they. You know, they already extended a contract, 13 years, 350, I believe. And mm -hmm. he declined it. Uh, Juan Soto's super young. He's 23 years old. If there's a guy to build around, it's this guy. Um, plus, there's two and a half. Well, what is it? It's It would be two and a half years of control mm -hmm. right then. If you're going to trade him, you don't have to do it now. You know, you could probably revisit that later on if you're not, if you have certain prospects that are not, developing or somebody like blows you away with author uh, offer next year. But I thought, um, I thought Boris already came out and said, yeah, we're not trading the player. It, found, it sounded funny when he said it though, because it's like, isn't this what the GM is supposed to say? Not you. <laughs> Although there's a lot of people <laughs> who believe that Scott Boris is the GM in Washington right. because he's right. had so much, you know, high priced talent that's gone through there. Uh, th this is exactly what Mike Rizzo has to say. Right. Okay. I don't necessarily believe him. I think I believe him for the 2022 season. Mm -hmm. And I agree with you, Joe's. I think this is something they're going to have to seriously sit down and think about because an open market Juan Soto at age 25 yes. or, you know, getting ready to start his age 26 season, whatever he's going to be, is going to, he's going to be what? 450, $500 million by that point, probably. I mean, who yeah. knows? But so the nationals have to sit here and say, do we really want to pay him that? Is that if they if they were smart, because we think the learners are selling the team, they right. would sign him right now to a deal worth four hundred fifty million dollars. Call it a day because that's not going to prevent somebody from buying the Washington Nationals. They're not going to be like, so how much are you paying Juan Soto? They want to pay. They want to <laughs> buy the Washington Nationals. Now the question right. is, does it make sense? Does it make sense to pay him that amount of money? Or does it make sense to trade him and try and get the world? Because could you imagine, even in this offseason coming up, what you could get for Juan Soto? I mean, listen, I'm, see, I'm I'm a Yankee fan, so I always look through things at Yankee lens, right? So I would love – I mean, who wouldn't want Juan Soto on There's their team? There's not one team that wouldn't want him. So right. So to me, I look at Juan Soto, and I think that he his ceiling is so high uh, because of how young he is and – Things like plate discipline in a young player, that's mm. something. I think we, we we talked about that earlier in the year when I was on, on Baseball Today with um, with Plouffe where we were talking about Quan, right? And I think you were away, and we were talking about how, you know, when Quan was hot and all of that. We were like, on-base percentage is just something that you really like in young players because that only gets better over time. 
Um, so I, I, I love Juan Soto and his ability and his bat and the shift is going away next year. Not that I'm saying that it affects him too much, but we don't know, but, um, I think he's going to really, he's like a, he's like a, a once in, he's a generational talent. Totally. And here's the thing. He's mired on the worst team in baseball, right? They're just, how many guys in that lineup outside of Kiebert Ruiz are you like, yep, that's a must have on my squad for the next five to 10 years. There's not a lot of guys. So he's going to put up whatever. And it's been a shaky start for him. It hasn't been good. He still leads the league in walks just like he did last year. He's, mm-hmm. He might not get to 145 walks like he did a season ago, but I think he's going to have a good shot at leading the league again. Cause why in the world would you pitch this guy? You know, he maybe sees two or three pitches a game that he could drive. So we'll see. Yeah. I don't think he's going to get traded now, but I think we'll have to revisit this quote again in the off season. Uh, Let's move on where there was another interesting quote and twist and turn in the Tommy fam bitch slap session that he had with Jock Peterson. (laughs) Yesterday, he said he basically backed up the bus on the league's commissioner, none other than Mike Trout. He is quoted as saying Mike Trout did a terrible job, man. Trout is the worst commissioner in fantasy sports because he allowed a lot of stuff to go on and he could have solved it all. I don't want to be the commissioner. I've got other shit to do. Trout didn't want to do it. We put it on him. So it's kind of our fault too, because we made him the commissioner. Yeah. Uh, are you happy that you found out that Mike Trout was the commissioner or are you pissed off that fam kind of threw this out there? Uh, I felt like he, when he was saying it, he said it like, uh, like laughing too. Uh, when, when I was reading it and you know, he said it like he was laughing, but Mike Trout best player in the world, not the best commissioner. Uh, so it is, he's actually scheduled to have a, press conference today a scheduled press conference and they'll ask him about this this is this is so crazy with this fantasy league at this point espn should pick it up and like either televise it or look for a way to cover it or something like that because it's taking up so many headlines and uh if it's this serious i kind of want to see how intense it really is you know what we need to do we need to get a league fantasy football draft because they all happen you know right before the the NFL season starts mm-hmm. and these guys all get their big boards together and their jerseys. There's nothing new here. We need to be invited to broadcast this thing. Oh, that would be awesome. We're going to be invited in somehow. We're going to find a team to hook our, but did you see, did you read some of the money that was a part of this? $10,000, right? So it was a $10,000 entry fee. We don't know how many players were in it. So, you right. know, $10,000 for guys that are making 30, 35 million a year not that big a deal right us it's still a, but then whomever finished last in the 12 team field and that doesn't mean i don't know how many players were there were per team it could could have just been 12 you have your own team could have been multiple guys it could have been ten thousand per team it could have been ten thousand per player i don't know what it was um but whomever finished last in the league had to pay an additional ten thousand into the kitty that's that's a lot that's a lot that's a good amount of change i mean yeah. that's enough to get slapped over if uh, some, <laughs> well, here's where I don't want it to go very quickly. Don't do that. I don't want the league to to overreact to this. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't want the league to overreact to it because one of the things I love talking to guys about on the Rose Rotation is their fantasy football league. Like Adam Wainwright is in several of them, and I love hearing stories about guys who really think they could be NFL GMs. Like I love that shit, and I feel badly for Mike Trout that. Like, can we be honest here? Yeah. 
fantasy football commissioner is like one of the three worst jobs in this country. It is. Right? Have you I, ever I, been I one? I a fantasy football commissioner. I mean, oh. fantasy baseball commissioner, actually. Everybody comes to you with like problems and stuff. Oh, and it's, it's horrible. It's annoying. My nephew, one of my nephews, Andrew, who's uh, he's 33 and he was the commissioner and he would bitch up a storm because we, you know, we're like the most archaic league. We finally got PPR in our league last year. Like for years, myself and my two sons are like, what are we doing here? And Andrew goes, fine, you fucking be the commissioner. <laughs> and my 16 year old is like, yeah, yeah, let me. I'm like, no, you're, you have to focus on schoolwork. Let's let it for one of these other morons that just kind of half asses it through their work day. Right. But I am embarrassed for Trout. I hope that he doesn't. Hey, I hope he doesn't take it too seriously in the press conference. Like, let's not come out of this saying oh, Mike Trout. My image of him has changed after finding out he's in a in a league where he plays for 10,000. No, Mike Trout signed a four hundred twenty six million dollar right. deal. He's a grown ass man. He should be able to do whatever the hell he wants to do. I want to see him in like a full commissioner suit, like right in that press conference talking about, we talked to these guys. I want him to take it nice and serious. Like that would be dope. Um, Love to see that. I'm looking forward to that today. So. All right. Uh, Let's get to the injured list and kind of bad news for teams that are are bouncing around a little bit. Yes. Tampa Rays put their best offensive player, Wander Franco. He's got a strained quad. He ends up on the injured list. We knew that Tim Anderson was going to end up on the injured list. It's a strained groin. Sounds like it could be around three weeks, hopefully, for him. Both are spark plugs for their respective teams. Who's going to be missed more? Uh, it's To me, it's a very simple question. It's Tim Anderson. I mean, Tim Anderson, if he is that spark plug for that team. Uh, we've seen what happened in New York, you know, everything that, that went on and he kind of ignited that whole offense and he was hot anyway. It just, I'm looking at his numbers and yep. for the White Sox who are right now, they're kind of trying to like find their footing, you know, trying to find some, some consistency to lose a guy that's batting 356 on the season uh, with an 896 OPS is going to be tough. And I know that he had the errors at short, but I seen him make some plays against the Yankees that I'm like, that guy right there, I don't know if it has to do with the, the infield in Chicago. I don't, I'm not sure. But that guy's super athletic. He's going to be super missed. And I'm not saying Juan DeFranco isn't. You know, he's been struggling for most of the year, you know, with the Rays. And um, he just, it seemed like in the last seven games, he's starting to get, you know, his bat starting to get in order. But Tim Anderson's been having it all year. In um, actually, last seven games before he got hurt, he was batting four hundred seven. So, well, listen, Tim Anderson is—he's one of my favorite players yeah. to watch because he—he he forces the action. Yeah, like he always. How often does Tim Anderson even see like three pitches in an at bat? It's almost never. He's always putting the ball in play. Yep. Something good is happening. Uh, he is the heartbeat of that team. Um, he's the emotional spark plug and everything. And with all that being said, I would think it's Wander Franco, but I have to say this in its totality here, that Wander Franco has been bothered by leg issues so far this year. Remember, he got off to that blistering start like the first two or three weeks. Everything was being put in play. Everything was being hit hard with him. When you see that Wander Franco, he's a difference maker on a team that doesn't have a ton of them. And now that they're middle infield between he and Lau, Lau's still out and has been since the middle of May, that's a big part of their... Their thump missing. I know that the White Sox don't have Eloy. I know that Luis Robert has been in and out. I know that Mancada has barely gotten started. 
I somehow think that in that division, the White Sox could still be okay even after another three weeks without Tim Anderson. I think in the American League East, if they don't have a healthy Wander Franco when he comes back off of the injured list, I'm worried about them even making the playoffs. That's that's a great point because even you know you you know you look at that extra wild card man just really opens it up so that other teams feel like they're still in it. Yep. The Red Sox for all their struggles and they lost yesterday two to one. We're having the problem, um, <laughs> so that that's funny. But the Red Sox still feel like they're in it. Like they, they feel are. like you know what? We'll, we can figure this out. We have the offense to do this, and. Um, I think any team really can feel that in the, you know, in, in the American league and the national league with the extra wild card. So, Oh yeah. And, and listen, I mean, there's teams that have been playing like dog shit this year, right? right? Like the Seattle Mariners who had a 90 win season a year ago. And they were like, yeah, we're at 21 and 28. You damn well better believe they feel like if they can get a Mitch Hanniger back, if they can get some of their younger players to continue to grow, that, and if they can get Robbie Ray to pitch like the Cy Young winner that he was a year ago, that they'll be back in this thing. And so it's just way too early. It's just that the Rays have to be cognizant of the fact that there are a lot of teams that if they go down a 15-game stretch and they go 3-12, and 12, like that could be really alarming. And yeah. it, it worries me that without a couple of guys that that could end up happening. We'll see. Um, it is the first day of June. Which player or team is most happy to see the calendar flipped and will now excel over the next 30 days? Um, well, I chose it. I chose both. I chose the player and the team, but I guess I'll with the team. I'm going to go with the Braves. I feel mm-hmm. like the World Series hangover thing. They could look at June and, you know, say, all right, let's get ready. Let's get ready to go. Mets have a little bit of a tough schedule. Mets have a huge lead in the division. They don't even need to look at that right now. They just need to kind of just play great ball and just, you know, try to get in that wild card race, do what they're supposed to do there. The Phillies think, um, you know, we talked about the Nationals and things like that. And I I think that I can so see the Braves right now. I looked at their schedule, too. It's not it's not difficult at all. I can see them making a push in this month. Happy to turn around this month and putting the World Series behind them as far as a player. I'm looking at Bellinger, you know, and the Dodgers really haven't been, you know, they kind of like on cruise control for me and Bellinger has started to turn it up as of late. I believe in the last seven games looking a lot better. I would, you know, weather getting even better. I mean, weather's always nice in California, but I could so see him hitting his stride now in June and being able to play up to his potential a lot more. So would love for um, Mr. Bellinger to get going. By the way, real quickly with Bellinger, do you think we we keep waiting for him to get going? And he got off to a nice start this year, and we were like, oh, yeah, it's because he wasn't rehabbing an injured shoulder like the mm-hmm. year before and all that sort of stuff. Do you think he has the possibility, maybe not of being MVP Cody Bellinger, but being a guy that hits 265 with 30 bombs? Because I'm not so sure we'll ever see that guy again. I believe he could get to the homers. I don't know yeah. about getting to that average uh, up there. I think he, if he's around 250, I think he'll be oh, I think fine. They would, yeah, they would love it for 250. You know, yeah. I think that he will be – I think when you bring up Cody Bellinger in a discussion, the pluses far and away are the defense where he is outstanding out there. Yes. His athleticism and his base running. And that's where he's going to help the most. I think the rest of it is gravy at this point. 
I would be shocked if the Dodgers extend him. I think he'll eventually hit the free agent market, and I will be fascinated to see what a team is going to pay him because they'll be paying him based on that 2019 MVP season, not what he has, has accomplished since. And when they sign him, they'll be doing it with their fingers crossed, but that's something to see. Well, um, for me, we've talked ad nauseum about the Phillies on this show. Mm. If they are to get it going, it's going to be because of the length of that lineup, right? We saw, um, you know, Nicholas Castellanos get added to a team and Kyle Schwarber get added to a team. And so we solely focus on those two and Bryce Harper. I need to focus on JT Real Muto and Reese Hoskins. Because if you add those two guys and have them produce at the levels that they have in their career, then all of a sudden it starts to take a little bit of pressure off the defense, which is kicking the ball all over the place. The bullpen, which has started to show cracks after they had been okay the first month. Right. And the rotation, which at times gets outstanding performances and at other times they start burying that team before they even get to the fourth inning. So Reese Hoskins, a guy who's got a career OPS of 848, it's barely over 700 after a couple knocks last night. His lowest in a season is 819. The, that guy's got to get back. Rail Muto, I'll give a little bit of a pass to because I just think that to ask catchers to carry the water offensively when they take the beating that they do and have to stay in the game mentally the way they do, I think that's a plus. But it's really on Reese Hoskins to continue to lengthen this lineup. He just hasn't, quite frankly, he hasn't been good enough. Yeah, I mean, would love to see more from the Phillies. Um, Kyle, I mean, Kyle Schwarber has the numbers in the power department as well. Um, it's OPS 721. I think that they expect good a little enough. bit more. It's not good enough. Right. They're all not good enough. And right. something's going to happen. I don't know if Girardi's going to lose his job. As that's Ken Rosenthal wrote in The Athletic, that's not going to cure the construction of this team. It won't. So it's incumbent on the guys that are there to pick it up, to man up, because they're all good dudes. They've yes. all been leaders at other points of their career to just say, hey, fuck it, let's go. Let's start picking it up, and so we'll see if that happens. Um, last thing, we did talk a little bit at the beginning of the show, obviously, about Juan Soto's future, something that will help uh, the Nats fans. It won't help them significantly in the standings, but will be a return to health of Steven Strasburg. He is actually rehabbing. He's had a couple of rehab starts. Mm -hmm. In his most recent, he was dominant with five no-hit innings. But then the audio... The radio call of the kid that does the games came out yesterday, and it was a thing of beauty. Deuces. Straz. Ghosting them like an OK Cupid Halloween party. John Stamos, full house, get him out of there, baby. Steven Strasburg asked for his credit card info and a spam email message. Let's go fishing with a PH. Sneak a live cat through a TSA pre-check point. <laughs> Tease again, let's get Fred Nasty. Similar, Brendan <laughs> Collins, very good off speed. It's nothing like his though. Freeze it like pay raises at a poorly run cryogenics laboratory. <laughs> how long do you think that dude sat there and tr tried to write those things up and say okay boy when Strasburg punches a ticket I'm breaking it out that's what I was thinking I'm like he had to have like for sure pre-planned that oh yeah um, 
because to do that off the cuff would have been crazy impressive. I, I, I love the fishing one that he talked about uh, with the pH. I love that one. It was funny. Um, I don't know if that would work on the major league level, but that would be hilarious to watch. I, I mean, a lot of people don't really watch for the broadcast. I would watch his broadcast. Yeah, if there could be like an alternative broadcast yes. to your local one, because, you know, you'll hear, you know, the older people that are in their 60s going, what? This doesn't sound right. You know, what's like, fishing? Go when, when I go fishing, I don't <laughs> I don't spell it with a PH do you? But how about the uh trying to check a live cat through TSA yeah. where he's going <laughs> <laughs> Hey, kudos to you, dude. And um you got to call Blitzball. No. Come he, he is <laughs> not taking my he's not taking my Blitzball gig. <laughs> He cannot him, although I might try and sneak a few of those in there now. <laughs> try I'll to try. get some ideas. <laughs> I have to do that. Joe's, what do you have coming up on uh, on John Boy Media? Anything? Um, well, today we're actually supposed to do some um, some game gaming stuff. So we're going to play some Wii. Good. Uh, Wii Sports. So that should be fun. And um, we have videos coming out on that on Game Gaming YouTube. And we're actually going to the stadium today. Um, so I'm gonna be doing that tracking Rangers. So a lot of stuff. We got awesome. we, we we got a a little unofficial Rangers podcast called uh, Bandwagon Blue Shirts. Yes, I see. I've seen good. Hey, man, they need fans need a place to go and enjoy yes. this run that they've been on, which is fantastic. Um, for us, Rose Rotation, a new episode drops tomorrow. Speaking of New York City, Trevor May is back on. Uh, you know we cover a lot of stuff here. Obviously, he's been hurt. The last time we saw him on the mound, he was nearly in tears mm. uh, based on his performance and the injury he had suffered. And he kind of takes us through the whole mentality of a player. He was getting a lot of shit online about, hey, if you're hurt, you can't go be out there. You can't be blowing games for us. Fuck you, all this. Sort of. We talked a lot about it. And we talked a lot about the emotions and why he did it. Um, there's just a lot of stuff going on in his life. We know about him losing his two-year-old cat, Donnie, unfortunately. We cover that, where he is emotionally. It's it's gut wrenching. There's also some fun stuff. Uh, we do talk about the fantasy football issue because he's been a part of a lot of teams that have had mm -hmm. fantasy football drafts. And in fact, in fact, he broke the news that Trevor Plouffe was the commissioner when he was up in Minnesota. Mm. Yeah. And so um, there's a lot of interesting stuff. It's a really good episode that'll drop tomorrow. Uh, Joe's is back with us again on the podcast and the YouTube side. We will see you Thursday. Shout out to our producer extraordinaire, the one and only Dan Rourke. Thank you very much for tuning in here to Baseball Today, presented to you by Shady Rays.